What is up, everybody? Welcome back into the Tide Talk Podcast. Stacey Blackwood with Jake Thomas here to preview the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic between Alabama and Cincinnati, the playoff semifinal matchup there between the one-seed Alabama and the four-seed Cincinnati. Jake, what's happening, brother? Did you have a good Christmas? Man, it was uh, it was a kind of a somber Christmas for us. Uh, my wife got the flu, so we kind of had to hunker down. Uh, but she's uh, everybody, she's a lot better now. Uh, so we 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 survived that. But uh, other than that, you know, I got to spend time with her and in our puppy. So you know, other than that, it, it was it was a, a good Christmas. But uh, how about you, man? How would y'all's Christmas go? Oh yeah, like you know, my parents are divorced. My wife's parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. So we were all over North Alabama (laughs) over the the Christmas holiday, but no, it was fantastic. The kids had a great time. So, uh, it was a lot of fun, but, uh, uh, we're looking forward to the new year. Of course, new year's Eve, big time game, Jake, uh, uh, album in Cincinnati. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's getting quite the love that, that, uh, Michigan and Georgia is getting, uh, for obvious reasons, of course, Cincinnati doesn't, isn't really being given a shot to win this game. Uh, by most, uh, you know, experts. So uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about some of the events that's kind of happened uh, since Alabama last played. And uh, just really looking forward to tonight's show. The chat is open. We're going to put this over here on the screen. So the chat's open if you uh, if you want to hop on in there. We're only going to go about 30 minutes because there's other shows that are coming up uh, that's a part of the Y'all's Conference Network, and we want to make sure that that everybody can watch those as well. Yeah. Uh, for the, just a little quick programming note, we are with the Y'all's Conference Network. We're teaming up with those guys to echo different channels. So you're going to be seeing all sorts of different, uh, you know, teams being covered here on the Tide Talk Podcast YouTube channel. Yeah. So uh, just make sure you subscribe to the Tide Talk Podcast on YouTube and, and, and to the Y'all's Conference Network as well. So you don't miss any of the stuff that's going on there. But uh, we're glad to be on there. Uh, we're also back on the podcast platform as well. We've got everything moved over from Believe, so you can now find our complete catalog of episodes, you know, there on podcast form. So make sure you do, if you listen to us on podcast fl- platform, leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts, and Spotify now has a review section as well. Leave us a five-star review there if possible. All right, Jake, let's just dive right into the game and kind of what's been happening. You know, despite all the distraction that that album's kind of had uh, leading up to this game, you know, there's a lot of injuries. Of course, Doug Marone and Bill O'Brien had tested positive for COVID, but now uh, Bill O'Brien is with the team. But despite all those distractions, it seems like this team is very focused. What's the feel that you've gotten from this team leading up to this game? Uh, They're locked in and focused. I mean, if you heard what Will Anderson said, uh, in the interviews the other day, I mean, he, he's ready. And and to me, it sounds like he's going to get his defense ready regardless. Uh, I mean, that kid is only a sophomore. And he, I mean, he's already talking like he's a 30-year or like a 10-year vet in the NFL. I mean, he has bought into Saban's, uh, you know, his, the process, as we call it. And he's just a great disciple for this, uh, you know, for this team. And uh, he's become a leader. And, and like I said, he's only a sophomore. I mean, how many sophomores that you, do you see step up, you know, in the uh, like, like he has this year and be an outspoken leader? It's it's great to see. But to me, this team is locked in. They're ready. And um, like, like Will said, it seems like we're still kind of being disrespected a little bit. So they've got that edge and, and they've got a point to prove still to people. So 
I think they're going to prove it Friday. And, I mean, if they play their game, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly quick. Yeah, I'm with you. It seems like from all the, you know, most time Alabama players say all the right things, but they, they seem right. to be saying all the right things. They're, they seem to be locked in. And a lot's happened, Jake. I mean, yeah. Rice has won the Heisman. Uh, yep. COVID has kind of had another outbreak. Bowl games are being canceled left and right. Yep. Uh, players are opting out all across the country. Uh, a lot's been, you know, Alabama has several injured players. So a lot has happened. But, you know, it seems like those guys are still focused. They're they're still, you know, uh, just really focused on the task at hand and ready to play on, on Friday. So, I, I'm excited, Jake. I, you know, it's it's crazy in this playoff era, Jake. We've only missed the playoff one time. That's insane. It's crazy to think it about is. how this is – it's become a norm for us Alabama fans. And, you know, for, for fans of other programs, they don't really get to experience this every year. And it just seems like another season for us Alabama fans. So, it's – yeah. It's it's incredible to think about. Of course, this is Cincinnati's first time in the playoff, the first time a group of five team has made the playoff. Do you think that that will, uh, you know, fuel the fire for them? Do you think that's any kind of advantage for them? I mean, it might for a half, but, I mean, the the talent level and the in the depth on, on each team is for Alabama is, is way too much, I think, for – Cincinnati to overcome now a lot of people I've been I've been talking to and I've seen throughout Twitter think that it could be a close game up to halftime but I mean Alabama would probably pull away in third and fourth quarter just because I mean if we set up a if we, if we establish the run and run it down their throats because they, they're not a real good you know rush defense that they, they giving up some yardage rushing wise um we could tire them down, and then the fourth quarter we, we attack, and it, 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 that's when we could pull away, I believe. Yeah, what do you think – how do you think the offensive line is going to look? You know, there was a lot of mix-up because of injuries or mm-hmm. uh, performance issues or whatever the case may be. And we saw Seth McLaughlin at center there against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Do you think that he holds on to that position? Man, you know, I, I really like Dalcourt. I think he's – you know, he's a good young kid. He kind of struggled, you know, uh, some this season. But and and when Seth come in in the second half of the Auburn game, that it just it just seemed like a different offensive line. Yeah. And and like he he's got his head on a swivel, and and he was you know getting everybody. He was calling out, say, "Here's the blitz over here." He's coming on a blitz, and everybody was just in just in fluid rhythm, especially in that Georgia game. So, you know. Um, I think he, I think he's going going to be there at center. Uh, I really like Dalcourt, but how do you take him off the field right now? The way he's played, I mean, he's played outstanding for a game and a half now. Yeah, I, I feel like the the communication, like you said, has been the difference maker. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure McLaughlin's more talented than Dalcourt, right? As far as the physical traits, but uh, it seems like the communication up front has been better with yeah. Seth at center. So I'm anxious to see how that plays out. I haven't heard anything, you know for certain on the situation at offensive line, but I imagine it's going to stay the way it was for the SEC championship game with Seth at center and Chris Owens at right tackle. So uh, that's going to be something to look forward to uh, when kickoff happens uh, there at 2.30 on ESPN. Uh, talking about the offense, Jake, um, another another guy that's creating some buzz offensively is, is somebody who's created buzz in a negative way all year long, and that's a Jai Hall. Yeah, Jake. Yeah. Every indication that I've, and every you know, inside 
source that I've heard is that Ajay Hall has been phenomenal between the practices, between the SEC championship game leading up to this college football playoff matchup. So, uh, and of course, we all know that John Mechie is done, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to need that third option. Really, he's a second option. He's going to have to be the second option because Slade is not a number two. He's a he's a number three guy. So we we really need somebody to fill the void left by John Mechie. And you know, could it be Jacoby Brooks? Could it be Trayshawn Holden? Could it be Ajay Hall? So uh, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how Bill O'Brien incorporates these young receivers into the offense in the absence of John Mechie. And uh, yeah, C Smith fifty three fourteen says need to utilize Billingsley some more to compensate for Mechie being out. Yeah, I think, you know, I was watching – I was going back and watching some kind of season highlights. And, man, the first three games of the year, Cameron Latou could not be covered. Right. And he – you know, both tight ends have just disappeared, man. It's they just – I, I want to say Latou had like four touchdown catches in the first three games. Yeah. And I, I think he has like one since then. Mm-hmm. Just it, – it's insane to think of how how – the drop how much the drop off has been from the tight end position as far as production so yeah. uh and and some of that goes it's it's really not just one thing it's kind of been a multitude of things yeah they've had some drops but they've also not seen near as many targets right so uh just going to be interesting to see how that happens but i think you also have to point out that that jameson williams really come on strong he did uh you know i guess around the texas a&m game uh, and and beyond, he really become a dominant wide receiver who you know who, who had to see a bunch of targets because that's just you know you got to get your guys the ball and he he's a dude man I mean yeah. if he if he touches the football he has a chance to take it to the house so yeah you got to find him as many targets as possible and of course Mechie has ninety six receptions on the year so wow. uh, it, you know there's only one ball to go around and you know you still want to try to incorporate some running game so I, I get it but I'm I'm with C Smith fifty three fourteen we need to find a way to to utilize Billingsley and also Cameron Latou, you know, from that tight end position. Yeah, um, I, I would say this, uh, and I, I said this in uh, our other uh, – um, another chat that I'm in, but, you know, and and that Georgia game, I was very impressed with Slay Bolden. You just said that he's not a number two option, but he's, he's a great number three in that slot. Yes. And when it's third and five, third and seven, and a key moment and you need to get a first down – I'm going to find Slade Bolden because, you know, he did have a, have a couple of drops early in the season, but he's been clutch here lately. And if you need a big third down, find him, and he's going to catch the ball and get to that first down marker or yeah. hover around it. So yep. uh, I think, you know, with with Mechie being out, they will probably bracket or double team a lot of Jameson Williams. Of course, he, he, out, he, he, he blew past the double team against Georgia, you know. So, I mean, yeah. he's just speed. But – Who's going to be that guy that they're going to leave wide open? It could be a Billingsley. It could be a Jai Hall or Ja'Cory Brooks or Cameron the two. So somebody's going to get the opportunity. There's so much talent on this team, especially wide receiver, five-star talent. And, I mean, they, they don't have a lot of playing time amongst those those guys. They, they do have some. But everybody wants a chance to step up and make a play. Well, here's their chance to step up and make a play. And I expect somebody, whether it be Hall, whether it be Billingsley, Latou, Brooks, maybe Treshawn Holden gets back into action. One of them guys I think is going to going to be a uh, a key contributor in this game Friday. 
No doubt. I'm just realizing who C. Smith 5314 is. Cody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Cody. Thank you, Cody, for 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 tuning in. I just it just it just now hit me when I was sitting there looking at the picture. I'm like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming on. He, he asked me all the time how the podcast is going, so uh, I'm glad he's finally able to make one. So glad you're yeah. here, buddy. Appreciate yeah. it. But offensively, uh, it's nice that that Brian Robinson has had time to heal. Uh, you know, he really gave a, a a strong effort against Georgia. You know, you could tell he wasn't 100%, but he played well in the game, uh, ran the ball as well as he possibly could against that stout Georgia rush defense, and then also was great in blitz pickup. So uh, really proud of what he done against Georgia, and I'm hoping with the time he's had to heal, uh, what, they've been off, what, three and a half weeks now? Yeah. Uh, that he that he's a little closer to 100%, and also Trey Sanders as well. Exactly. You know, I'm not sure Trey Sanders will ever be what he was before, you know, the injury and then the car accident. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like he's getting close to being, you know, his his now 100%. So yeah, uh, I, I'm excited to see those two backs play because I, I think we could see a scenario in this game where the backs are maybe more important than what the uh, the passing game is. Yeah, I think uh, we established a run early, and I think, you know, we just grab and pound them a lot. I mean, Bryce is going to get his touches, and Jamison and, and the boys out wide is going to get their, get their plays in as well. But, you know, you can take this game over real quick on the, on the rushing attack. And I think Brian Robinson and Trey Sanders are going to have a big, big game. I, yeah. I do, I do believe so. You know, uh, Cincinnati has a couple of really good corners. Uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner is, is a good a corner as there is, is in college football. So that's going to be an interesting matchup if, if he lines up one-on-one against Jamison Williams. So I, I'm looking forward to that matchup. So uh, that, that's why I feel like maybe we, we see – I'm not saying we're going to run it 35 times in the game. I'm just saying, you know, we, we, we may see, you know, B-Rob carry it 18 times and Trey Sanders carry it 10 – or 12 times, you know, yeah. instead of, you know, five or six to and 15 or so. I, I just think you'll see a little bit more concentrated effort on the running game. I think it'd be important to establish a running game to create a little more balance uh, for this offense. Uh, it's not as balanced as what I think most fans would like, but you also have to do what what's what your team is best at, and that's throwing the ball to Jamison Williams. I mean, that's just yeah. – that's our best offense is getting the ball to Jamo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I'm, I think that, that Bill O'Brien did a great job against Georgia. I'm hoping he carries that over into the playoff against Cincinnati and, and hopefully moving on to the national championship game. But uh, I, I really offensively, I like how Alabama matches up with Cincinnati and their defense because, like you said, their, their rush defense is not spectacular. Right. I would say it's middle of the road in the country, maybe a little uh, below average. But their pass coverage defense is is very good. Uh, I'm not sure we can hit as many big plays against Cincinnati as like we did against Georgia. So I think that's why the running game could be a little more important uh, in this matchup. Yeah, if we're going to get any big plays, I think, you know, we may have a couple in in the passing attack with Jamison over the top. But I expect the run game to have – I expect B-Rod to have a couple of 20-yard rushes potentially and, and Trey Sanders about the same as well, maybe B-Rod three or four, yeah. you know. So, uh, if we have a big a big play on offense, it's probably going to be uh, Brian Robinson on the ground, uh, you know, I believe. 
Yeah, and, and as as in any contest, red zone offense and red zone defense are going to be going to be really big because I think Cincinnati, you know, with the dual threat quarterback, the great rushing attack with Jerome Ford, they'll probably have some success within the between the twenties every once in a while in this game, and we're going to talk about the defense more in just a second. But I think offensively for Alabama, if if they're not getting the big chunk plays in the passing game, they're going to have to play really solid in the red zone offensively. So they're going to have to finish drives, not with field goals, but with touchdowns. Yeah. And that was really the difference in the Alabama-Georgia game is Georgia was able to move the ball some, but but Alabama's defense hunkered down in the red zone, forced a couple turnovers, uh, forced uh, some 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 field goal attempts. So I think that's going to be critical for the for Alabama in this game is, is if the chunk plays are not there offensively, being able to finish drives inside the red zone. Absolutely, and uh, you know we we have gotten a lot better uh, in the red zone the last couple of games. Uh, since that Texas A and M fiasco, <laughs> where we threw it three times. Uh, in the red, like at the three yard line, but uh, you know, when when you get inside the twenty, it it kind of becomes com- more compact, you know, to to get any yardage besides running the ball, especially passing, because you know the defense is a lot tighter, it's not a lot spread out, you know. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I I imagine that if we get in the red zone, we're we're going to punch it in, you know, when when we need to. So yeah, um, I I I just think that. The offense is playing really, really great, and we got a Heisman winning quarterback, you know, playing right now too. So, do you think the absence of, of Doug Marone and Bill O'Brien are, are really that significant from this last week? Not really. I mean, you know, I maybe you know trying to game plan a little bit better uh, for with a uh, um, with Bill O'Brien, but but he's back now, so he'll be able to get some of his his plays and, and get get his. Uh, his two cents worth in, but I mean, ultimately Saban's still in control. So, you know, it's all going to go through Saban. See, and I kind of feel the, the way I feel about, you know, we had Joe Pendry step in to, to kind of fill the void of, as the offensive line coach for Doug Marone, which, you know, he's a guy who's coached for 40 plus years, yep. both at the college level and at the NFL level. So really no concern there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only concern I would have, with Bill O'Brien not being present was that he's also the quarterback's coach. So not being there with Bryce during practice is, you know, just a little different for Bryce than what he's used to. So maybe that's, I, I, but I'm, I'm not thinking it's going to be any significance as far as the game goes, because Bill O'Brien could still game plan, you right. know, a couple hundred miles away in Tuscaloosa, you know, not being in Dallas. I don't think that's really that big of a deal because, you know, I'm sure he's there, uh, you know, doing in meetings via Zoom, and yeah, Bill O'Brien's been able to sit at home and study film that that yeah. much more. Hopefully, he calls a perfect game, like the SEC championship game. Yeah, I yeah. think I think as far as game planning wise, you probably couldn't ask for anything better as a coach because you're being right. left alone more uh, sitting at home than yeah. you are having to go to practice and report to meetings and, and stuff like that. So, uh, I, I think that he's probably been able to put a little more uh, game planning together. But as far as being there in practice with Bryce as his quarterback coach, that's probably been a little bit different for, for Bryce. But, you know, Alec Mortensen uh, has been with the program for a long time, and I imagine he's the guy who's been filling that role for Bill O'Brien uh, up until O'Brien joined joined the team today. So I don't think it's that big of a deal, uh, really not that significant. But, Jake, let's, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball real quick. We'll stay here about 10 more minutes yeah. or so. Uh, defensively, Jake uh, – how Alabama matches up with this offense. Desmond Ritter, dual threat quarterback, uh, over 3,000 yards passing, uh, around three or 400 yards rushing, 
this season, but he has over 2,000 yards rushing in his career. So you, you know he's more than capable of, of running with the football. Then you have uh, Alabama transfer Jerome Ford as the running back, and, and he's yeah. been phenomenal, Jake. Uh, 19 rushing touchdowns this year. Uh, I forget how many yards he's had. I mean, he has like four or five rushes of 50 yards or more this year. Just an explosive back. Um, he's going to be tough to handle. Their wide receiver uh, is Alec Pierce. He's a 6'3", 6'4", guy, able to make the contested catches. So that's really the th- three big guys offensively. How do you see Alabama matching up with, with, the, with the Bearcat offense? I think we can match up well. We, we just gotta we just gotta keep everything in front of us. You know, we can't allow big plays uh, in the secondary and and allow really just to tear, tear us apart. Right. Um, and uh, we gotta keep drawing forward uh, in check. Uh, and whenever it's a third and you know third and seven, third and nine situation, we've got we've got to attack and get and get to Riddler. But you know, we, we, we don't need to let him escape the pocket and, and run for that first down. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's, and, and another thing I, I seen today that, that might be huge, it looks like Jalen Armour Davis is, is coming on yes. and he might play. I don't mm-hmm. I have not heard 100% on that, but getting him back, you know, it, it will be key, I think. Um, and, um, you know, Cole is still there. Uh, you know, we had uh, Kyrie Jackson who who might play some of this game as well because he's been – I think with the injuries, he's been playing, you know, mm-hmm. been, been playing the first team anyway. So, you know, if if Davis is able to come back with Joe not being able to come back, you you potentially with, – with without Davis being there, you could potentially have two – Cooley's got some experience, but you have a, a guy who hasn't played much this year in Jackson. So – they may attack him early, but you, I mean, what is, what is, uh, Jackson? Is he a sophomore? Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a junior college transfer, but I think transfer. he has three, three years of yeah. eligibility. So, so it, you know, so, I mean, he, he, he's kind of new, a new Yeah. Phase, I mean, he so. has, he has no major college football experience. Right. So, you know, they, they could export that, but if Davis is bad, you may see Davis in, and you will see Davis and Kool Aid starting, I believe, and right. and and Kool Aid is is going to be our next shutdown corner, I believe. So I don't know if they'll, I don't know who they're going going to pass it to because both of them, I think, it's going to, going to do their job well. You know, the secondary against Georgia played mm-hmm. really well. I know they gave a pretty good bit of passing yards, but uh, I say a pretty good bit. It wasn't just terrible, but um, oh wow, Richard Maloney. <laughs> Nice. Oh, Richard Mullaney. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like nice. Mullaney. I did too. Thanks for jumping in, Justin. Yeah, thanks, Justin. We're, we're, talking, about, we're talking about the secondary right now and, and how uh, it looks like Jalen Arbor Davis is going to be back. We already know Josh Job is out. Mm-hmm. So it's probably going to be Kool-Aid uh, in either Jalen Armour Davis or, or Kyrie Jackson. And and I'm just here to tell you guys, whenever Kyrie Jackson gets his chance, oh. people are gonna people are gonna love him. Yeah. I mean, he's he's every bit of six foot three, guys probably 200 pounds and just incredibly athletic, incredible length. So I I think Alabama fans are going to be really happy whenever they see Kyrie Jackson on the field, but uh, I'm with you be, getting Jalen Armour Davis back for the playoff and just having him available would, would yeah. be huge for this. But the secondary DeMarco Helms, Jordan battle, they're playing Man. their best football this season. Brian Branch is coming off his best game. We're still hoping Malachi Moore can make an impact at some point in time. Mm-hmm. He's still dealing with that back injury that he had back last year. 
So, and, and anybody who's ever had any problems with their back understands that if you ever oh. hurt your back, it's hard to ever recover from it. So yeah, it is. Uh, that, that's kind of where he's at. Um, but people have been talking about how he may be in the doghouse and all this kind of crap. That's not true. He's just been battling injuries, man. Yeah. Uh, Justin says, I'm not concerned about the secondary. That's the one, that's one of the groups I have the most confidence in, especially with yeah. Helen's battle and branch playing so well. Yeah. yeah that's what uh, Helen's battle and branch are all playing their best football right now. Yeah. So, uh, and that's big. I mean, it, when you get down to the, to the, to these top championship games and the playoffs, you need, you need those back end guys to play really well because, like we talked about a hundred times on this show, the team with elite quarterback play generally wins these types of games. So yeah. if you're really solid in the secondary, it makes it that much tougher on the opposing team. So uh, I, I feel really confident about the back end of the defense. Of course, yeah. Henry Toa and Christian Harris are both playing well right now as well. We know what we have with and Will Anderson and right. Dallas Turner. Dallas Turner is starting to come on. Uh, Defensive line is playing better. It seems like the defense is starting to find their groove, much like they did last season. Yeah. So uh, late in the year, they really come on strong, and I, I'm really excited to see how they perform Saturday against against an offense that that is balanced because Britter can throw, he can run, and we not all know how talented uh, Jerome Ford is. Absolutely. And uh, the only concern I have is covering since he's tied in, he's a beast, and that position always gives us problems. I mean. What was it, Brock Meyer or Brock well, Bowers? Uh, yeah, Georgia, Brock Bowers. Uh, Brock Bowers. He, I mean, he's technically a tight end, but the dude's got like wide receiver speed is incredible, and he kind of, kind of hindered us there. But um, yeah, that that's going to be a challenge. Uh, but man, you talk about Toa Toa. I mean, you know, he's got 102 tackles, I believe, on the year. Yeah. He is everywhere on the field making plays. And, and, you know, a lot of people, like in the first, like, two or three games, they was wanting, you know, Moody, you know, to take his spot. And, I mean, Jalen Moody is, is a great guy, too. I wish he would have had a chance. But, I mean, Toa Toa has come on here in the last couple of games. You talked about Jordan Battle. Jordan Battle has probably has played his way into a late first, early second round guy now in the yeah. draft next year. So, I mean, like you said, it's – you know, you want to have these guys playing a lot better and, and playing more fluid uh, later in the season. These guys have, especially in the secondary. Yeah, I, I think the key for the for the for the defense is not allowing any explosive runs from Jerome Ford, mm-hmm. and not allowing uh, Desmond Ritter to make plays with his feet consistently. He's going to make one or two. I mean, that's just a given. But don't let him have five or six of them. Right. You know, Absolutely. if you can limit it to, to one or two plays that he makes with his feet that extend drives or, or you know, something like that. But if you give it five or six of them, your defense is going to be on the field a long time, and that means Bryce Young's not on the field. So uh, I think it's about containing the rushing attack of Cincinnati, both with Jerome Ford and then the escapability of Desmond Ritters. Because I, yeah. I, I, I'm with you guys. I think the secondary is going to be fine. I think we'll be okay on that part of it. And I, and we all know our rush defense is really good. But Jerome Ford is going to come out with something to prove because he, he come from Alabama. You know he's going to be, you know, extra geared up for this contest. So, uh, I think he's going to play hard. He's going to run hard. And Alabama's going to have to come, you know, they're going to have to come heavy-handed to bring him down. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that matchup there. Absolutely. And um, one thing I, I have said since uh, – the emergence per se of, of Will Anderson. But, but my, my key is how does Cincy 
and any team moving forward, how did they game plan to stop Will Anderson? Because, I mean, he's a menace in the backfield. I mean, every single play, it seems like he's in the backfield. So, you know, what are they going to do with him uh, and how are they going to slow him down? And, and you know, we talked about if you slow him down, then you have Dallas Turner on the other end who's going to get in the backfield. So yep. those two guys are playing outstanding right now, uh, blitzing the passers. And and uh, we, we touched a little bit about the defense line, but, I mean, uh, Mathis has played outstanding. And, and you know, if Boyby is starting to come on, he, he don't have a lot of stats this year, but he, he did what he needed to do in the Georgia game. Yeah. And I was glad to see that. Yeah, the Georgia uh, game was his best game of the year. Absolutely. And LeBron Ray, uh, talking about injury, he's he looks like he's getting 100%. And so is Helens. You saw Helens with that yeah. ankle early in the season. It was hindering him a good bit, and he was kind of struggling. Now he's 100% healthy, and he is all, he's a missile. Back in, back in. I, I think I think Fedarian Mathis is probably one of the most underrated defensive players in the country, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and Byron Young is probably one of the most unappreciated players on yes. Alabama's entire team. Yeah, uh, Young definitely doesn't get any of the credit he deserves, and Mathis mm-hmm. nationally doesn't get the credit he deserves. I mean, he's as good a defensive tackle as there is in college football, and yeah. you can't convince me otherwise. So, yeah, I, I don't care what Georgia fans think about their big number ninety nine. Jordan Davis, who's got just a couple more tackles on the year behind the line of scrimmage than I do. <laughs> and and he was pretty much set on the sideline the whole second half of that game because he couldn't breathe because he was, you know, we, we was keeping up tempo and keeping him off the field because, I mean, when you run out tempo, the big boy like that, you know, yep. it's hard for them to, to keep their breath. And I know I'm a big boy, and, and, and me walking daily is, is kind of hard to keep my breath <laughs> up. So, yeah, I know he's a lot better shaped than I am, but he's still a big old boy. And Yeah. So. All right. It's, we're we're, we're uh, getting down to, to prediction time, Jake. Um, Alabama's favorite, I think, 13 and a half is the last last line I saw, somewhere around that range, around 14. We'll just, we'll just say 14 for, for the purposes of this show, Jake. Do you think Alabama covers the 14? Absolutely. I think they, they roll and they roll big. I, I have joked all week, you know, with, with some guys at work that Alabama's going to win this game by 40. I mean, it, it would be tough to win by 40, but I can see it being a, a 27 to 30-point game. I mean, yeah. I, I know Cincinnati is, is a good team, but, I mean, again, who have they played? I mean, the, the schedule. I mean – you can't really say. I mean, Notre Dame's a good team, but they they weren't going to beat them. Houston, well, Jake, Jake, they struggled I'm, against Auburn today. Well, so. I'm I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you this, Jake. Mm-hmm. No, they did beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. That's fine. But Notre right. Dame's quarterback went out at halftime. Didn't play mm-hmm. the second half. If Cincinnati yep. had to play Notre Dame uh, at the end of the season, I think Notre Dame would have won. Yeah. Yep. Y'all tell Corey 56K the under on the Liberty Bowl was the bet so far. He acted as if I was nuts for saying that last night. I don't know if you saw that, Stacey. But no, I missed that. The Liberty Bowl, what was mm-hmm. it, guy? It was like, is it a 56 and a half spread or, or over under on that game? And, and uh, yeah, he was, you know, Corey was like, ah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the over on that. But as you say, it's not, it's not that big right now. So, Fifty-six and a half. So I thought yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> Justin says, "Do you guys want to do a joint post-game show?" Hey, uh, hey! If uh, that is New Year's Eve, so 
we'll just kind of have to play that one by ear. We'll have to see how, um, what's the best way I can put this, uh, put together I still am after the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have nothing planned. So, um, I mean, I, I'm available if you want to do something, but, uh, you know, I, I've cleared my slate after the Alabama game. Because I might be like you, I may have to recover a little bit. But, so, but, but uh, what prediction wise, I yeah. think I think Alabama can win this game, forty two to twenty one. So twenty one point win for Alabama. That's yeah. that's kind of where I'm going to. I'm going to say Alabama wins thirty eight to seventeen. So we're both thinking around a twenty one point spread on the game. Yeah. I just feel like Alabama's too strong on both sides of the football. Too much talent, too much depth. Uh, and and Jake, Alabama has championship DNA. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I think that matters in these games. I mean. Album has been here before. Cincinnati's right. never been here before. Will the spotlight get too big for them, just like it did Georgia a few weeks ago? So we'll we'll see. But I, I feel like Alabama handles business, thirty-eight seventeen over Cincinnati, and Alabama will once again be playing for the national championship game come January tenth. And uh, if if Saban is able to win a championship with this team, I think it's I think it's his best coaching job. Yeah. I was going to say this is Alabama's "quote unquote" down year, yeah. as they called it, and and you know a lot of people thought the sky was falling in when we lost to A and M, but you know it it didn't ever affect us. We just went out and played our game, and yeah. we got better, and and now here we are playing for another, you know, potentially another national championship. And you let Alabama and Nick Saban get in that national championship game. I mean, we he's lost what two national championship games he's been there, but how many has he won? So I mean. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to beat us when we get in that championship game. That's right. All right, that's going to do it for for tonight's show, previewing the the Cotton Bowl between Alabama and Cincinnati. Appreciate everybody that that tuned in tonight. Appreciate everybody that uh, jumped in the chat. Guy Caldwell says, Bama embarrasses Cincy like they did Notre Dame a few years back. Uh, Yeah. uh, Manti Teo's fake girlfriend. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, she had as about as much chance as tackling Eddie Lacy in that game as Manti Teo did. <laughs> yeah, I think he had what like two tackles that entire game. I mean, it was <laughs> it was embarrassing for him. Yes, but uh, we'll be back uh, in the next few days to to recap uh, the the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Hopefully, Alabama comes out with a win. Really excited about the game on Friday. Of course, after Alabama plays Cincinnati, Georgia, and Michigan will be coming up as well. Uh, they're playing down in Miami in the Orange Bowl. So, uh, Alabama will hopefully play the winner of that ball game. We'll see who that is. Uh, real quick, Jack, who do you think wins that game? I think Georgia ultimately, win, ultimately wins it, but I think it's going to be close to what a lot of people think. Michigan's got got a fairly stout defense, and uh, and they got a pretty good run, running game. So, it you know, Alabama kind of exposed Georgia running the ball. So, you know, unless they get that fixed, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge early on. But I think Georgia pulls out a win. I'm with you. I think because you know, the two teams are pretty much mirror images of one one another. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, yeah. I think Georgia has more talent overall than, than what Michigan has. So I think Georgia wins a close game. You know, twenty seven twenty four. Yeah, uh, something along those lines. Uh, go Harbaugh. I huh. I can't believe I'm gonna have to root for Harbaugh. I mean, I would like to play hardball just to shut him up a little bit, but I, I just think it'd be Kirby back in there, and we're playing Kirby again. So poor Kirby. 
Yeah, and and, and you know he's he, not he's going to play he Stetson are, Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure JT Daniels can can. I mean, we could talk forever about this, but Jake, if you go back and watch that game, if JT Daniels is in that game against Alabama, he gets sacked about five times. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, Stetson Bennett escaped the bo- the pocket several times in that game. Yeah, that and that's something that JT is is not as good at as, as, as Stetson is. So yeah, and, and real quick, Corey mentioned you know just talking about that on the base of the East last night, and and him and Israel said. Or pretty much that, you know, JT's more accurate. Okay, mm-hmm. but if he's running for his life, how accurate are you? You know, when you're when you're trying to look. Corey mentioned this. You want guys. He was talking about using. He used Bryce Young as an example. He wants Georgia if they play in Alabama again to make Bryce Young get in his face and make him look at that at that defensive line coming at him instead of looking for his receivers. What we're we gonna do to JT Daniels? If we sack him a couple of times, he's going to be looking at our defensive line and trying to find where we're at, Will Anderson's at because Will Anderson probably going to have three sacks on him in the first quarter. You know, no. so I uh, just just my opinion. Sorry, Justin, Corey, but it is. <laughs> Justin makes a good point. Harbaugh really hasn't said much since we humbled Michigan in 2019. That's a fact. That Verbo Citrus Bowl. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, that was awesome. Kirby gets curve stomped by Michigan because they won't play JT. I hope that happens, but I just talent wise. George is way too, way too strong. I think. I just, I, I don't get the infatuation with JT Daniels. I think he's really good, but yeah. I don't think he's elite enough to to make them a completely different team offensively. I really don't. I, I, I don't, I don't think that. No, but that's that's that, that's a talk for another day. We we can talk about that if if Alabama happens to be matching up with Georgia uh, in the championship game. Uh, so we'll, we'll maybe talk about that next week, but uh, we'll be back here in a few days. Um, yeah, I'm not saying he's not a better QB, but is he is he good enough to re- you know make them okay? So they lose 41 to 34 instead of 41 to 24. Right. I mean, what? Well, is he is he is he that much better that he's going to make the deficit that much less between Alabama and Georgia? If he's laying on his back, he ain't. I, that that's my point. I'm not saying mm-hmm. I think JT Daniels is obviously a more talented quarterback than than what Stetson Bennett is. But uh, but I I don't see how he is going to be that much of a difference maker. Take care of Bather for us, guy. <laughs> that's going to be a good matchup too. Yeah, I'm looking forward. That that's probably one of my favorite games. Yeah, that's not a part of the playoff. Yeah, mine that should too. be that should be fun. That's going to be a fun one. <laughs> Dave Aranda versus Lane Kiffin. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I don't honestly don't see Kirby abandoning Ben just yet. I don't either. I think he's going to stick with him through the whole entire thing. Federal Republic of Somalia. All righty yeah. then. <laughs> don't know what we got some bots in here now, guys. Sorry about that. They get on every show now. Stevie, you got to fix this. Come on now. We got to get rid of these bots. <laughs> All righty then. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, that's going to do it for, for, for tonight's episode. We're going to wrap things up now. Uh, Jake says 42 to 21. I say 38 to 17. Uh, really looking forward to the matchup, Jake. Uh, hopefully, everyone comes out with a win. Uh, we're going to head out now. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews on Apple and Spotify, and make sure you hit that thumbs-up button 
the notification bell on YouTube. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.